Hi, this is the Robberator, and you can support my mad grab for power and the Sword and Laser podcast by going to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. And this week, we have the wonderful opportunity to sit down and chat with Brian McClellan. Uh, You might know him as the author of the Powder Mage trilogy, and that world is expanding. In fact, the second book in the Gods of Blood and Powder series, Wrath of Empire, came out May 15th. Uh, Congratulations on your expanding power. Powder Mage Empire. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, Brian, thanks for joining us. Uh, and we want to talk to you about not only this book, this new book in the series, but this new series, because I think the last time we chatted with you for Sword and Laser folks, uh, the Powder Mage trilogy, I don't even know if the Powder Mage trilogy was fully complete yet. Yeah, that that might have been Autumn Republic, which was book three. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah that that would have been 3 years ago actually and uh and yeah so so the second series is basically it's it's hard to describe to people uh because authors are doing this more commonly now where they kind of do separate series in the same universe um but uh so it's basically uh takes place 10 years after the end of the previous series uh and it's on a different continent and it uh, has a kind of a different cast of characters, but with a few familiar faces. Um, so it is tangentially related uh, in a way that has kind of fan service for people that love the Powder Mage trilogy, uh, but is also its own story for people that are you know looking for something new. So tell us a little bit more about where this book picks up from Sins of Empire. Um, so Wrath of Empire, um, it's... It, it picks up just a few weeks after the end of Sins of Empire, um, and uh, and basically at the end of Sins of Empire, uh, everything went wrong. Uh, <laughs> you know, there was a glorious battle which was won but ultimately lost. Um, you know how that goes, mm-hmm. uh, and um, and just kind of the shit hit the fan for everybody, and so our our heroes are splitting up at the beginning of Wrath of Empire to try to solve all of the problems that have been presented to them at the end of sins of empire. So if you, this is always the big question. I think uh, that I, that people ask with series, if you want to, to, to jump in with gods of blood and powder, is that, is that okay? Is that, is that going to matter? And then you can go to the powder mage trilogy later or, or is there a preferred order? Um, yeah, there, there will be, there will be some spoilers, um, but not heavily, uh, if you just start with Sins of Empire, um, you know, I've, I have different readers tell me different things, um, but I've had lots of people start with Sins of Empire and be perfectly fine with, you know, finishing that and then going back to the Powder Mage trilogy and reading through that, you know, like I said, they're, they're two separate stories and I wrote them very specifically to be two different things. So they're somewhat modular. Yes. Yes. They, they definitely have their own arcs going on and there's, you know, there's relation between the two, but no relation that is, you know, that'll overwhelm the reader or leave them feeling, you know, left out of the loop. You know, one of the things that I love about these kind of 
crossover trilogies, I guess, or, or trilogies that take place in the same universe is that sometimes there's a little bit of that crossover between characters or nods to the other storyline. Um, I think Robin Hobb does this especially well. Uh, can you tell me, is there anything between the two trilogies that, that readers might be excited to look forward to with, with crossover characters? <laughs> um, so, you know, if people have already read Sins of Empire, they will know about two of the favorite characters um, that return um, and, you know, that that have already jumped into the world and are very involved um, with what's going on. And I don't I don't want to spoil that right. for, you know, former fans um, uh, that, that haven't gotten into Sins of Empire. But with Wrath of Empire, um, there is actually another set of characters that end up returning. Um, and, and I think fans are going to be really pleased to see them. Uh, but once again, I, I don't want to spoil who, but I will say that um, they were, you know, they were favorites from the first trilogy. When you, you try to mesh worlds like that, uh, you basically got the same planet, two different continents, uh, but the same rules of, of how magic works and, and how, how the, how things happen. Do you plot all that out to keep it consistent? Uh, do you just sort of wing it and then error correct? What What's your approach to that? I, uh, I'm i kind of a wing it and error correct sort of guy. Um, you know, I've got pretty, I've got, especially, you know, on the fifth book of my, you know, world, uh, I have a really good idea of how everything works. Um, so the error correcting, there's not a lot of it going on. Um, but yeah, I tend to tend to write what's cool first. And then if I need to switch it up later, I will. Do you ever go back and, and find someone has showed up in a place they couldn't possibly have got to? <laughs> yes, yes. I, I've definitely done that before. <laughs> uh, and it's very frustrating um, if you can't make it work. You know, as an author, you're the god of your world. So it, you can kind of make things work that don't necessarily you know, maybe, maybe stretching truth a little, but you, you also have a responsibility to, to remain internally consistent. Um, I mean, like the biggest example of that is easily, um, a, the latest season of game of Thrones. Um, and yeah, that was one of the big things people talked about a lot was, Oh, where did everybody get, you know, time machines and <laughs> yeah. from jumping all over this giant continent in the in the course of days. Yeah, and that, well, and and stretching the truth, right? That was the if you were to defend it, you'd say, well, if they did this, then maybe, or if the dragons went a little faster, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah so yeah. you you, you kind of have to make excuses like that. But I could see as an author, you don't want to deus that ex machina too often. <laughs> right, right. You want to hold that in reserve for when you have something so cool that you're willing to break your own rules and hope nobody notices, <laughs> which, you know, hopefully you don't do too often. I, I well, think Dea said ex machina should be the, the episode title for this <laughs> one personally. <laughs> well, I, uh, thank you. I think the, 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 the trick, right. Is to have the audience say, and I, cause I've heard people say this a million times in talking about movies or books or TV shows. Like I know that probably couldn't happen, but I didn't care because it was so awesome. Right, right. And that's a, it, as, as the writer of, you know, the show or the book or whatever, um, the key is to knowing when the audience won't care, um, or when so few of them care that it doesn't matter. Uh, so, cause you know, if you, like I said, if you, if you waste that card on something silly, 
then people will call you out on it. Is it very difficult to finish up a trilogy and and become so attached to that cast of characters and then kind of have to, you're, you're still in that same world, so you haven't really shifted away completely from that experience, but you're, you've moved on to new, to new people. Is that, is that difficult in its own way? Um, yeah, it, it really is because you, you have to, you, when you're working on a series um, and you're kind of writing them back to back to back, uh, you, you work on that for what, three or four years or something like that. And, and that's a giant chunk of your life that you've spent with these characters in this particular conflict. And <laughs> when you reach the end of that, and you're looking at moving on to something new, whether or not it's inside the world, you're kind of at a loss because you have to start over the process of, you know, learning the new characters and learning who they are and how they, and, you know, how they write, how they react to things. And, um, and that's a process that, you know, took me, I actually, so sins of empire, I, I wrote an entire draft mm. that was garbage. Um, and my editor, came back to me and she's, she gave me this giant pile of notes, um, which she hadn't done for any of my other books. And she gives me this huge pile of notes and I sat on them for like three months. And I finally called her and I said, look, I'm sorry, but I think I have to rewrite this book. (laughs) And she said, Oh, thank God. I didn't want to actually tell you. (laughs) Uh, so I, so I ended up rewriting all of sins of empire. Um, and I, I scrapped everything except for a single chapter. Wow. Um, I kept the characters and I kept the setting, uh, but the conflict and everything, everything changed. Um, and w- but when I did it the second time, uh, I hit the rhythm of those characters and who they were and how things should play out so much better than I did the first time. Um, and looking back on that first draft, it's really obvious that I kind of had no idea what I was doing with these characters. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you gave them an, an audition in a way. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then they, you know, the actors who were playing them weren't quite good enough. So I, I ended up with different actors. <laughs> it is just like Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> or, or Life on Mars, where they shot an entire pilot and fired everybody but one actor and then went, started over again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of, when, when are we getting the the Powder Mage TV show? <laughs> oh, I wish. Yeah, I um. As soon as I find out anything about that, I will. I probably won't be able to keep my mouth shut. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I I have a I have a wonderful TV and film agent. Good. Um, that I've actually met with you know personally, which is really cool, and and he's great. But you know, it's an epic fantasy series uh, among hundreds and hundreds of other epic fantasy series and and epic fantasy series are kind of as far as it seems anyways they're a little harder to sell because they're so they're epic you know right. and epic requires budget um <laughs> epic spelled with dollar sign dollar sign dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and despite you know game of thrones being so successful they want to stick with stuff like you know a lord of the rings reboot and things like that <laughs> i'm sure your agent's already doing this but but going around saying brandon sanderson thinks it's awesome ought to help <laughs> yeah yeah no i i do that plenty yeah uh, so no i it's uh it's a weird thing because everybody you know everybody wants a tv deal or a movie deal um but you know that's just an option um, and the option is basically them giving you money to hold on to the rights for a few years, and they probably won't make it anyways. Um, but, you know, everybody wants that option just because it's so dang cool. 
Uh, and then, you know, the people you talk to that do have options, they're like, oh yeah, that was great to get five grand, but you know, it's kind of a headache and it's never going to get made. And, and so, you know, it's kind of a weird, it's a weird thing. And Hollywood is very strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we have a couple of questions from our audience as well. Uh, a few from Celine specifically. Uh, she wants to know, what is your writing kryptonite? Oh, okay. So my writing kryptonite <laughs> is probably video games. Um, so I use video games as kind of palate cleanser inspiration kind of thing, because I'll, I'll often play a game and like listen to a book at the same time. Hmm which is really good for me. Cause I like, I'll play something like civilization that, you know, I've played it so much. It doesn't actually require thought. I'm just kind of going through the motions mm-hmm. and giving my hands and my, the logical side of my brain, something to do while I'm listening to something cool. Interesting. So um, build the temple, farm the field. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So it's, so I kind of pull off that, but also, you know, there'll be games that come up that, that, that get my creative part going too, And so I won't have anything else going on and I won't be thinking about my books. Uh, and I'll play a game for two and a half weeks straight because I'm self-employed and I can get away <laughs> with doing that. Uh, and it's absolutely terrible. And I need to be really better about it. I'm like gradually getting better at having self-control, but probably a really good video game that sucks me in completely is my kryptonite. I, I'm imagining a video game that you like inside of a lead box in your barn. <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah you gotta like Shield. like my wife is guarding it with a flaming sword <laughs> i'm trying to think like what the what what was the last uh so civilization obviously is a big one what other games have really gotten you into that mode in the past couple of years um let's see i picked up um i actually just in the last what week and a half or so i started playing um uh, battle tech uh that came out and uh and that's been a huge amount of fun um, I put probably too much time into it last week. Um, and then this week I've been so far successfully productive. Um, but, uh, yeah, Battletech's really good. I don't know I, that one. It's, it's basically, do you know XCOM? Yes. Um, so it's basically XCOM, except instead of like snipers and stuff, you have uh giant mechs that you can customize. Nice. It's, it's really cool. Uh, really well done. I've been enjoying it. Um, there was a game that came out a few years ago that I have continued to play over and over again, despite it being a fairly narrow campaign on it. Um, it's called this war of mine. Um, and you basically, it's a survival game, uh, in kind of a shelled out Eastern European country of, you know, a vague country kind of thing, Mm -hmm. um, during a, a war between the insurgents and the military and it's it's very moody and haunting uh and and quite difficult and i i'm really a big fan of it um but you know the the company decided not to like do expansions and stuff and oh. it drives me nuts because it's like the type of game that could be I, I i would sink hundreds of dollars into expansions for it maybe they're fans of your books so they're like no expansions mcclellan will never get anything done <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I think, I thank my lucky stars that they finally stopped making expansions for the Witcher three, because if oh. they didn't, I never would have gotten a full-time job. I just never <laughs> would have done anything else. It was my favorite thing ever. So I feel you on that for sure. Um, also, Celine asks, what's the first book that made you cry? Um, you know, I was, I, I actually saw that question and I was thinking it was probably Les Mis 
But I just right now, when you said it again, I realized it's pr- it was probably one of the Brian Jacques novels, the the Red Wall books, um, because those books, oh my gosh, you know, it's about little mice and badgers and oh, you know rats no. fighting uh-huh. wars, and it's horrifying. Like looking back on it, I I, I flipped through one of them a couple of years ago. And I, you know, there's these like, there's like poisonings and horrible assassinations and all this, but they're kids books with, you know, little animals. Yeah, man, it's like Watership Down. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just, oh, so it was probably one of those, but I'll, I'll say with certainty, Les Mis definitely did. Um, but, you know, may, maybe a little earlier, uh, Redwall novel. And we have one last question. Celine is dominating here uh, in, a, in a good way. These are good questions. Uh, if you could travel back in time to any period in history, which would you choose and why? Uh, see, see, that's a trick question because statistically history is horrible. Uh, so, you yeah. know, if you want to tell me that I'm going to be in like the upper 1% of, you know, whatever country or time period I travel to, then sure, I'll go somewhere, you know, like Rome or something like that um, would be amazing. But, you know, if if I'm going to just like have happenstance of you know, who knows where I'll end up on the social and economics like ladder. I would like maybe go back to a year before I was actually born um, and just kind of live the same life because I wouldn't want to live in history. History is horrifying. It's pretty bad, right? I mean, this really kind of got nailed into my mind when we read Doomsday Book because <laughs> I don't, have you read it? I, I haven't, no. So they essentially are, they're able to send someone back in time um, and they go back and kind of study the the lives of the people who are there and try to learn from that. Um, but they're like, well, why would you want to go back to any of these times? Because everything is awful. Everybody's getting murdered or raped or dying of famine or dying of disease or like, you know, being subjugated or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, there's something horrible going on in pretty much every part of the world at every point in history. So might as well just stay here. Yeah. Right. I mean, like you go, you back, go back in history, you know, even what, uh, I, maybe even less than a hundred years. And there's a really good chance that you shit yourself to death with dysentery. <laughs> that doesn't sound I'm fun assuming, at all. It's funny. Th- this is really interesting because when this question is asked, I always assume, and it's not stated in the question. So your answers are perfectly reasonable, but I always assume it'll be temporary. I'm just visiting and I'm oh, going to okay. get to take all the antibiotics <laughs> that I want <laughs> plus anything else with me. Um, that didn't even yeah, cross my if mind. You're just, if it's a one-way trip and I'm just going to end up there, you know, without a whole lot of extra resources, you're absolutely right. Right. I mean, if it's, if I'm just visiting, I probably would say ancient Rome because that would be, I mean, and of course that's a very vague thing to say because that encompasses a thousand years. But, um, you know, like going back to like the late Roman Republic or the, even the Roman Empire would be really fascinating just to walk through the middle of Rome for a day, not even having to talk to people, but just seeing what it's like and then go back home to my air conditioning. Yeah. yeah. Tom, what about you? Do you have a do you have an idea? I would probably go back to like 20s era Britain would be one place I'd want to visit. Hmm. Like hmm. Just seeing, well, actually maybe even late 1890s 
just kind of seeing the British Empire in its last days, I think, would be interesting. And it's almost the same thing that you're talking about, just more recent in history. Like, I, I kind of want to see it at its height. Yeah, yeah. Just, just it would be so incredible just to witness it for even a few hours. Um, and, you know, I, I think about I, I, I listen to a lot of like audiobooks on and podcasts about history. Um, and, and the Roman empire strikes me particularly as something that when, you know, most of us think of the Roman empire as most of us think of the U S as being the latter day Roman empire kind of thing. And so we, we feel like, oh, we, we relate to the Roman empire. Um, you know, we would relate to those people with their Republic ideals and, and all that sort of stuff. But it's, I, I, I feel like it would be an absolutely alien world, you know, just, slavery and just casual death and the way everything operated. uh, I I feel like it would be like looking into an alien planet. Even with a temporary visit though, you're right. Like, do you have access? Like when I'm thinking of Britain too, and it's the same for Rome, like, do I get to actually go to the good parties? Uh, (laughs) Do it? Do do I get, do I get to, to, to talk to and interview the the high people in Rome? I mean, probably not. If they don't know who I am, uh, that's going to be difficult. I guess you could fake an identity with some, some Mm. historical records, but you'd have to learn to speak Latin. Uh, Even (laughs) recently in Britain though, like trying to get access to the the high levels where, where you would actually see history happening would be really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And and could you imagine even, even let's say you learned Latin um, and tried to speak it to someone in, you know, 100 BC, can you imagine the look they'd give you? <laughs> yeah. you know, what accent <laughs> is that? Exactly. Where are you Where from? Are you, from? <laughs> you guys aren't thinking big enough. I would go to the dinosaurs. Ah, oh. gotcha. <laughs> yeah, You're yeah. Literally big enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just want to see the dinosaurs. Like, that would be so rad. It's probably a Ooh, little safer, too. Maybe. I mean, for I, I think I'd have, if I had some kind of weapon or taser or something, well, you prepare, that would kill camouflage them. and stuff. Yeah. Safari Wouldn't you suffocate? I, I is it wasn't the atmosphere like completely different? Was it? I, I think. Mm. Well, I, I prepare for that too. Oxygen yeah, tanks. Okay. Assuming you're completely prepared, yeah, the dinosaurs would be pretty freaking amazing. All right. Well, <laughs> I just move on from my dinosaur fantasy. <laughs> so, Brian, what's coming up? Your your the book is being released on the fifteenth of May, right? Yes. Yeah, it just came out. Mm-hmm. And yeah. oh yeah, that's right. Uh, we're we're doing time travel on the show again. We do that sometimes. <laughs> I would go back to last week when we recorded this and fix, <laughs> <laughs> and fix my flub. Um, so, what are you doing for promotion? Are you going anywhere cool? Um, so, I'm I'm doing a couple of local signings here in Utah. Um, and so, if you happen to be in Utah, you know, check my website. Um, I've got a couple here, uh, but I will actually be in the UK for two weeks. Um, I'm going to do a signing in Bristol on Saturday. Um, and once again, just check my website and you'll see where it's all at. Um, and then the following weekend, uh, I'm going to be at London Comic-Con for three days. Uh, and so I'll be around, I've got panels, I'll be wandering around the hall, uh, I'll be signing books at the bookstore. Um, so if you're in London and want to go to Comic-Con, uh, come see me. That's awesome. Any of your crew, any of your fantasy, sci-fi fantasy crew going to go to? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, West Chew is going to be there. Nice. Um, and Kevin Hearn. Oh, awesome. Oh, you guys are going to have fun. Oh, I, I think Scott Lynch and Elizabeth Bear will also be there. Oh, 
I want to go to a London Comic Con. That sounds amazing. Yeah, so I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and my wife's coming with me, and we're going to make a whole deal with it uh, about it, and go see castles, and um, you know, stay in Bath, and all that really cool stuff. I was going to say, Tom's a big Anglophile. Do you have any recommendations for Brian, Tom? Oh my gosh, you put me on the spot. I mean, for <laughs> what? There's so much to to do there. Yeah, we've we've got too much already on our list. It's ridiculous. We're going to have, I think, I think we have a good eight days worth of time to like spend sightseeing. And we've filled it in like 20 minutes of talking about what we want to do. And honestly, my favorite thing to do is sit in a pub. So and you can do that everywhere. Yeah, my wife's not going to let me get away with that. I wish I could. (laughs) (laughs) Send her shopping at Harrods or like, you know, (laughs) doing some going to museum hopping or whatever she loves to do and just go hang out for a bit. Or she can go to a different pub. I don't know. Whatever you guys are into. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll send her to the museums. And, uh, and, I, and I'll go hang out at a pub. That sounds good to me. <laughs> well, Brian, thank you so much. We're really excited about the new series. Is there anything you can say about the third book in the trilogy or if something like that is, is in the works? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm working on it right now. Uh, so it's, it's called Blood of Empire. Um, and it should be out next, probably spring, maybe early summer. Um, and then, you know, that'll be the last Powder Mage novel, at least for now. Uh, I'm going to be... I'm, I'll take a, I'm not sure if I'm quitting or if I'm taking a hiatus of, you know, a decade, but we'll see. Wow. Um, so yeah. And then I've got, uh, I've got a tour.com novella coming out this fall in August, uh, called war cry. And, uh, you know, if some of you listening, maybe get tour.com arcs and they probably sent you one cause they'd sent out hundreds and hundreds of arcs just two weeks ago. Um, and I'm, I'm very excited about that. Uh, and, uh, oh, and so my book sins of empire is actually on sale right now for the next few days, uh, for two ninety nine in the U S and Canada. So if you want to pick up that book, it's a really good time to do it. Fantastic. And where can everyone follow your work online? Uh, you can find me at brianmcclellan.com, uh, or at, on Twitter at, uh, Brian T McClellan. Uh, and then, you know, if you go to my website, I think there's my Instagram and my Facebook links. I don't remember what the actual uh, <laughs> hyperlinks are for them, but, you know, you'll find me pretty easily. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for being here today. And of course, for all of you guys out there, our show is currently entirely funded by our patrons. So thank you so much to all the folks who back our show. If you want to help us out, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. And if you just want a really easy link to Brian's book, uh, head over to our links. Any book you buy from those links uh, helps support the show. You can find that at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email at feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 415-7-SWORD-6. Brian, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. so good, it's like you're there!